Hey, everybody out there. I'm just an average guy talking about football. College football, that is. Chalk talk. Hey, hey, hey. Good day, beautiful people, and welcome to another week of College Football Chalk Talk. I am your host, C. Boyd, and as always, I am grateful that you're rocking here with me this week as we discuss week three results of the top 25 teams as well as preview a few matchups in week four. Now again, I am no expert by any means. I'm just an average guy talking about football college football that is and without any further ado let's start the show now i hope the week has been a joy thus far the craziness of the 2022 college football season is in full effect the third weekend of the 22 season was headlined by penn state's road win at auburn texas a&m's rebounding to beat miami Appalachian State's last second victory over Troy and a Washington's dominant home win against Michigan State. Georgia, Alabama, Ohio State, and Michigan take the top four spots with Clemson at number five and Oklahoma at number six in the post-week three top 25 rankings. Now with the third week of the 2022 college football season officially in the books here are your top 25 teams coming in at number one we still have georgia who defeated south carolina in week three another week another dominant performance by the bulldogs georgia's defense allowed just 4.8 yards per play to the gamecocks over a hundred and excuse me and over 100 of the 306 yards allowed came in the fourth quarter when the outcome was no longer a doubt. Quarterback Stenson Bennett threw for 16 of 23 for 284 yards and two touchdowns, and tight end Brock Bowers had five catches for 121 yards and two scores. They led the way for an offense who won 48-7. to Coming in at number two, we still have Alabama, who defeated Louisiana Monroe. Now, the Crimson Tide took some of their frustration out in a sluggish performance at Texas by beating Louisiana Monroe 63-7 on Saturday. The offense averaged 8.6 yards per play behind a strong rushing attack, which was 273 yards, and Alabama's defense allowed only 100 and 69 yards to the Warhawks. Coming in at number three, we do have Ohio State who defeated Toledo in week three. Not much went wrong for the Buckeyes on Saturday night. Receiver Jackson Smith Jigba returned to the lineup after missing one game due to injury, helping the offense amass 763 total yards. It's an average of 9.8 yards per play and a 77-21 victory over Toledo. Quarterback C.J. Stroud didn't miss often, 
threw for 22 of 27 and 100 excuse me 367 yards and five scores coming in at number four we do have michigan who defeated uconn in week three total domination and that's the best way to sum up michigan's win over uconn 59 to 0 to move to 3 and 0 for the season the wolverines had won their first three games by a combined score of 166 to 17 Coming in at number five, we do have Clemson, who defeated Louisiana Tech in, um, in week three. Uh, DJ Uangwadale threw for 221 yards and two touchdowns and guided the offense to an average of seven yards a snap and a 48-20 win over Louisiana Tech. The Tigers have two huge tests coming up with Wake Forest and NC State up next. Moving right along, we do have at number six, Oklahoma. Who Now, the Sooners defeated Nebraska in week three. Now, Nebraska jumped out to a 7-0 and zero lead in their first quarter, giving hopes that they found some insurgents after firing Scott Frost. But it was all Sooners the rest of the way. Oklahoma's offense rarely, rarely, Oklahoma's offense rarely, Stopped by the Cornhuskers thanks to 580 total yards with 312 coming on the ground. Quarterback Dylan Gabriel accounted for 285 yards and led seven scoring drives on the Sooners' first 10 possessions. Now coming in at number seven, we do have UC. I'm sorry, U.S.C., who defeated Fresno State in Week 3. The Trojans have scored at least 40 points in each of their first three games after 45-7 victory over Fresno State on Saturday night. Defense, which allowed 6.8 yards of play, still remains a slight issue, but... USC's offense won't be easy to stop this year. Coming in at number eight, we do have Kentucky. Now, Kentucky defeated Youngstown State in week three. 31-0 to pitch the program's first shutout since 2009. Quarterback Will Levis threw for 377 yards and two scores, but the offense still has room to improve on the ground. Which just rushed for 103 yards. And the pass protection, which allowed four sacks. Coming in at number nine, we do have Oklahoma State, who defeated Arkansas Pine, Pine Bluff. Now, as expected, the Cowboys had no trouble with Arkansas Pine Bluff. Oklahoma State used 538 yards of offense and scored four of its five first five drives to pull away for an easy 63-7 win. Now we do have at number 10, Arkansas, who defeated Missouri State. Now the Razorbacks had to work harder than most expected and Bobby Petrino's return to Fayetteville. Arkansas lost three turnovers and gave up too many big plays in the passing game. But quarterback K.J. Jefferson accounted for 425 yards and two scores, 
running back Rocket Sanders ran for 167 yards, and Bryce Stevens had a timely punt return for a score to lift the Razorbacks to a 38-27 win. At number 11, we do have Tennessee, who defeated Akron. Now, Akron was Tennessee's final tune-up before SEC play starts next week, and the Volunteers appeared to be firing on all cylinders after a 63-6 win. The offense averaged nearly 10 yards a snap, 9.7, while the defense limited the zips to 276 yards and no plays went over 24 yards. Coming in at number 12, we do have NC State who defeated Texas Tech in week three. A strong defensive effort helped NC State overcome a sluggish performance by its offense who had 270 yards to beat Texas Tech 27-14. The Wolfpack returned one of three picks for a score, sacked the Red Raiders four times, and allowed just two two third down conversions. At 13, we do have Utah now who defeated San Diego State in week three. Now, Utah, Cal Willingham's team has rebounded from an opening week, opening week loss to Florida with back-to-back dominant performances against Southern Utah and San Diego State. In Saturday's 35-7 win over the Aztecs, Quarterback Cam Rising threw four touchdowns, and the defense allowed only 173 yards. Number 14, we do have Penn State, who defeated Auburn. Now, the Nittany Lions dominated Auburn 41-12 on Saturday. Penn State only outgained the Tigers 477-415, but Coach James Franklin's squad forced four turnovers and went 5-for-5, compared to two of four for Auburn in the red zone trips. Running back Nick Singleton, who rushed for 124 yards and two scores, continued his breakout freshman campaign. Coming in, 15, got them ducks from Eugene, Oregon, who defeated BYU. A 46-point loss to Georgia in the season opener Screw just how good Oregon can be in 2022 and how wide the gap is between the Bulldogs and the rest of college football right now. The Ducks ease the Ducks erase some of the bad feelings from the opener with a convincing 41 to 20 win over BYU on Saturday. Quarterback Bo Nix accounted for five touchdowns and the defense held the Cougars to just 360 six yards at 16 we do have old miss who defeated georgia tech now with wins over troy and central michigan old miss was largely a mystery going into week three and while georgia tech ranks among the worst power five teams in the 2022 season several aspects of old miss 42 to 0 victory on saturday was noteworthy quarterback jackson dart who, had, who was 10 for 16 and 207 yards, continues to look more comfortable under center. The ground game recorded 316 yards, and the defense limited the Yellow Jackets to 214 yards. At 17, we do have Baylor, who defeated Texas State in Week 3. Now, the Bears 
were hungry to bounce back after last week's overtime loss to Brigham Young University. And coach Dave Aranda's team had no trouble with Texas State and a 42-7 win. Baylor churned up 293 yards on the ground and the defense limited the Bobcats to just 3.8 yards per snap. At number 18, we do have Washington, who defeated Michigan State in Week 3. Now, the Huskies are one of college football's most improved teams under new coach Kellen DeBurr and joined the top 25 after convincing 39-28 win over Michigan State. DeBurr has the offense rolling behind quarterback Michael Penix, who threw for 397 yards and four touchdowns in Saturday's victory. At number 19, we do have BYU, who was defeated by Oregon in Week 3. Now, following up last week's physical battle in overtime against Baylor with the road trip to Oregon was a tough assignment for coach Kalini Sataki's team. Both sides of the ball had their share of issues and a 41-20 loss as the offense was unable to establish a run, the run game, which only had 61 yards, and the defense allowed nearly 7 yards per play for the Ducks. At number 20, we do have Florida, who defeated USF in Week 3. USF was a 20-point underdog, but nearly pulled out the upset in the Swamp. Florida's defense was off-balance all night as the Bulls ran for 286 yards to control the time of possession. However, Coach Bill Napier's concerns weren't limited to just the defense. Quarterback Anthony Richardson struggled through the air, throwing for 112 yards on 10 completions and tossed two costly interceptions. It was a missed field goal by UCF with less than 20, 25 seconds left in the game to preserve the win for the, for the Gators. Coming in at number 21, we do have Wake Forest. Wake Forest defeated Liberty in Week 3. Now, the Demon Deacons were favored by double digits but needed a stop on the two-point play to hold off Liberty in a 37-36 win. Quarterback Sam Hartman threw for 325 yards and three scores to overcome two picks in a lackluster ground game, which only had 21 yards. Four forced forced turnovers, tried to say that four times real fast, by by Wake Forest defense was also instrumental in the victory. Coming in at number 22, we do have Texas, who defeated UTSA in Week 3. Now, no post-Alabama hangover for Coach Steve Sarkeesian's team and a 41-20 win over UTSA. Now, despite quarterback Quinn Harris sideline due to injury, the Longhorns held off the Roadrunners' upset bid thanks to 298 yards rushing yards, and a couple of timely stops by the defense. Hudson Card was steady, threw for 161 passing yards, and running back Beijing Robinson, 183 yards and three scores, delivered the move, the Longhorns to 2-1. And And then coming in at number 23, we do have Texas A&M. 
now looking for a way to get his team back on track after an upset last week. Texas A&M's coach Jimbo Fisher bench quarterback Heinz King for LSU transfer Mac Johnson. Mac Mac Johnson threw for 140 yards and a touchdown in his first start at Texas A&M, which helped the Hurricanes out of the end zone and got a fourth down stop late in the game to secure the win one week after the team's loss to Appalachian State. At 24, we do have Pittsburgh, who defeated Western Michigan. Now, Pittsburgh running back um, Israel Abacada carried the ball 31 times for 131 yards and a touchdown to carry the Panthers to to a revenge victory after losing at home to Western Michigan last year. Pitt was without its top two quarterbacks, but third-string signal caller Nate Yarnell was efficient under the center, going 9 for 12 passing and 179 yards and a touchdown. And then concluding the top 25, we do have Miami, who lost to Texas A&M in Week 3. Now, the Hurricanes, who scored 100 points combined in their first two games, moved the ball well at times, but could not convert in the red zone, settling for just field goals again and again, and they lost for the first time under new head coach Mario Cristobal. Now, drop passes were a theme of the night for Miami as the team struggled without receiver um, Xavier Respor, who missed the game with the foot injury. Tyler Van Dyke had 217 yards passing, but couldn't get the Hurricanes in the end zone. And there you have your top 25 post week three. Stay tuned after this short, quick break as we bring you week four matchups. Well, a few of week four matchups and predictions and just keep this crazy 2022 college football season rolling. All right, all right, all right, all right. Welcome, welcome back. College Football Chalk Talk. Again, I'm your host, C. Boyd. And now let's get into some week four matchups and predictions. A few matchups to preview in week four. Let's begin with Thursday night's game. We do have uh, West Virginia visiting Virginia Tech. This game airs 7.30 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Now, Virginia Tech aims to complete a perfect three-game homestead on Thursday night when they host West Virginia in a primetime showdown at Blacksburg, Virginia. The Hokies answered a 20-17 road loss to Old Dominion on September 2nd with a convincing victory over Boston College and Wolford. Transfer quarterback from Marshall Grant Wells rebounded from a four-interception performance against Old Dominion by tossing three touchdowns without a pick over the last two games. West Virginia ignited its offense by scoring on all 10 of its Uh, All 10 of his possessions, 9 touchdowns and 1 field goal, and a 65-7 romp over FCS foe Thompson on Saturday. Freshman C.J. Donaldson found the end zone on three occasions during the first half, including an 82-yard scamper down the sideline. He has rushed for 274 yards 
on six touchdowns in three games this season, and fellow running back Tony Mathis Jr. scored two first-half touchdowns on Saturday before finishing with 100. I'm sorry, 104 yards on 17 carries. I believe Virginia Tech will outstand Western Virginia's running attack. It'll be a close matchup in Blacksboro, but Virginia Tech will win 27-21. Another matchup we do have, Aaron, in Week 4, come see you on Friday, September 23rd. This is Virginia visiting Syracuse, 7 p.m. Eastern start time on ESPN. Now, Syracuse eyes a 4-0 start fresh off a dramatic victory that should be prime time for ACC showdown. Syracuse remains unbeaten with a thriller 32-29 triumph against Purdue last weekend. And Garrett Saunders found Ordine Gladson the second for the decisive touchdown with seven seconds left, capping a 22-point fourth quarter performance by the Orange. Scherter and Gladson hooked up six times for 112 yards and two scores as part of a team's performance that believes can propel the men of Syracuse program forward. Virginia is coming off of exciting victory of its own, a 16-14 win over Old Dominion in which Brendan Brandon Farrell kicked the winning kicked the kicked the winning 26-yard field goal as time expired. Brennan Armstrong threw for 284 yards, 118 to Caden Thompson, and Xavier Brown ran for 88 yards on nine carries for the Cavaliers. Brown, a freshman tailback, is averaging 7.2 yards per carry on 17 attempts this season. Now, the Orange have a dynamic running back of their own in Sean Tucker, who ran for 1,496 yards on 12 touchdowns last season. Tucker rushed for 100-plus yards in each of the first games this season, although he authored a quick Week 3 performance with just 42 yards on 18 carries. Friday will mark the sixth all-time matchup between the teams. With Virginia leading two, I'm sorry, Virginia leading three to two. The last meeting was in 2015. Was a triple overtime thriller in which the Cavaliers emerged with a 44-38 home victory. Now Syracuse will win in another thriller, 42-35, and remain unbeaten. Another matchup we do have coming in on week four. This matchup Saturday, September 24th. We have Baylor traveling to Iowa to take on Iowa State. This is 12 p.m. Eastern on ESPN2. Now, this matchup reignites the Big 12 rivalry, which has been one of the most competitive series of recent years. With its 31-29 win over Iowa State at home a year ago, Baylor kick-started a conference schedule that culminated in winning the program's first-ever outright Big 12 championship. 
the Bears begin their pursuit on a second straight in earnest for Saturday's matchup against an opponent that has especially that has exceptionally tight contests that has especially tight contests with Baylor in recent years. Last year's two-point margin marked the third straight game between Baylor and Iowa State, decided by seven points or fewer. The Bears took the 2019 decision, 23-21, while the Cyclones won in Dave Aranda's first season as Baylor's head coach in 2020, 38-31. Now, the home team has won all three of those games and last excuse me and the last four in the series overall in a trend Ohio State aims to extend a 3-0 record Saturday in pursuit for the program's best start since 20 since 2000 doing so will mean an offense that currently ranks ninth in the Big 12 at 156 rushing yards per game and which averages 4.3 yards per carry, must find a way to score on a defense allowing just 2.6 yards per carry and 84 rushing yards per game. With the departure of two-time 1,400-yard-plus rusher Bryce Hall, Ohio State is leaning on quarterback Hunter Deckers. Now, Deckers is 78 of 105 passing for 745 yards with eight touchdowns and three interceptions through the first three games. The Cyclones pair their passing-heavy offense look with aggressive defense approach, resulting in 14 tackles for loss and five sacks thus far. Five different Cyclones have produced sacks, including All-American in Will McDonald. Hmm, let's see here. Now, pass rush opportunities for Iowa State's defense will be limited if the Cyclones cannot contain an effective, multifaceted Baylor running attack. The Bears lead the Big 12 in rushing a season ago. This season, they are producing 234.7 rushing yards a game with running backs Richard Reese, Craig Williams, and Quelling Jones, all rushing for at least 131 yards and scoring multiple touchdowns. Reese is averaging 7 yards per carry for 200. 37 in total and five scores. Bears quarterback Blake Shapen, Blake Shapen has attempted fewer passes than Decker, but has completed at but has completed the 50 of 74 with a 67.6% ratio on the season. But Ohio State defensive back Anthony Johnson told reporters that Stapen impresses the Cyclones defense. And, and avoids errors. Believe Baylor begins a new trend in this series and beats Iowa State on the road in another hard fought contest 24 21. Now, another matchup that we do have for week four, Saturday, September 24th, we have UCLA visiting Colorado. This game airs at 2 p.m. Eastern on the Pac-12 Network. Teams that have started, now these teams have started off the season in opposite directions. Will meet, excuse me, and will meet the undefeated UCLA visits the winless Colorado in the Pac-12 opener for both schools on Saturday in Boulder, Colorado. 
Now, after lopsided wins over Bowling Green and Alabama State to open the season, UCLA needed uh, a 24-yard field goal as time expires to pull out a 32-31 win over visiting South Alabama on Saturday. Meanwhile, Colorado's three losses to open to open the season have been on an average of 32.7 points after the Buffaloes torched after after the Buffaloes were torched 49-7 at Minnesota last weekend. UCLA's Darian Thomas Robinson has completed 72.6% of his passes for 662 yards with six touchdowns and an interception while also running for 114 yards and two scores. Zach Charbonnet is the team's leading rusher with 34 carries for 189 yards and two 189 yards and a touchdown. However, no Bruin no Bruin has more receiving yards than Jake Bo, um, Jake Bobo's 168 on 11 receptions. With Zachary Allen notching a Bruins best for 16 catches. Colorado has been unsettled at quarterback position with JT Stroke and Brendan Lewis each struggling to lead the offense that has mustered only 30 points over three games. Deion Smith has rushed for 159 yards and scored on 28 carries, while Daniel Harris has 124 receiving yards and nine receptions, which is at least six more than any other Buffalo player. UCLA posted a 44-20 home win over the visiting Buffaloes last year and has lost their last year and has lost their last three games in Boulder since a 40-37 win in 2014. UCLA would definitely break that trend and keep Colorado winless with a big win 35-6 this weekend. Another matchup we do have coming up in week four. This matchup airs Saturday, September 24th. We have Florida traveling to Tennessee. Tennessee, Tennessee. Now, the number 20 ranked Florida aims to continue its recent dominance of number 11 Tennessee on Saturday afternoon's SEC conference rival matchup in Knoxville. The Gators have won five in a row in 16 of their 17 encounters against the Volunteers, including a decisive 38-14 decision last season, although Florida entered Saturday's contest as a nearly 10.5 point underdog. The Gators tackled their first road game of the season after squeezing out a 31-28 victory over South Florida last Saturday. Anthony Richardson authored his second straight uneven performance after completing 10 of 18 passes for 112 yards and two interceptions against the Bulls. He was also picked off twice in Florida's 26-16 loss to SEC rivals Kentucky on September 10th. Richardson resides last among 14 SEC starting quarterbacks in passing yards, but 423 completion percentage, but 423 in completion percentage of 53.2 and touchdown passes, donut. Yep, zero. 
the Volunteers likely have no qualms at their quarterback, Hendon Hooker, who completed 14 of 18 passes for 298 yards and two touchdowns and a 63-6 rump over visiting Akron last Saturday. Hooker, who's received an early exit versus the Zips due to a lopsided score, also threw for two touchdowns and last season set last season setback to get to the Gators. Hooker and Tennessee's coach each dismissed the notion that their team finds itself at a disadvantage this Saturday given the one-sided nature of the rivalry of late as of late. Tennessee who ha- Tennessee who have started the season 3-0 for the first time since winning their first five games in 2016 is looking to continue the unbeaten trend. Now with inconsistency play from Anthony Richardson, Tennessee wins at home 26-16. Another game that we do have coming in on Saturday, we have Oregon heads to Washington State. It's the 4 p.m. Eastern time game on Fox. Now it seems that Bo Nix is starting to settle in at Oregon. The quarterback who transferred in the offseason after starting three seasons at Auburn excuse me, who started three seasons at Auburn gained national accreditation after leading the host Ducks to a 41-21 victory against the ranked excuse a then ranked number 12 BYU last weekend. Knicks and the number 15 Oregon Ducks will open Pac-12 Conference play Saturday when they travel to Pullman, Washington to take on the surging Washington State Cougars. Knicks completed 13 of 18 passes for 222 yards and two touchdowns against BYU and also rushed for three scores. The last Oregon quarterback to score at least three times on the ground and twice through the air in a single game was Heisman winning Marcus Mariota in 2014. Knicks rebounded from a shaky opener, a 49-3 loss to defending national champion Georgia to guide the Ducks to a 70-14 victory against Eastern Washington before the BYU game, for which he was named Player of the Week by the Maxwell Award, the Pac-12, and the Senior Bowl. He's also selected to the Davey O'Brien Grade 8 of the Week. First-year Oregon coach Dan Landing is optimistic the Ducks will have running back Brandon Caldwell Jr. and linebacker Justin File back this this week. Neither played against BYU because of unspecified injuries. The Ducks, who moved up 10 spots in the top 25 poll this week, could use a full complement of players against Washington State's team that counts a 17-14 decision at a ranked number 17, I'm sorry, ranked number 19, Wisconsin, among its victories. The Cougars returned home last weekend to defeat Colorado State 38-7 as Cameron Moore threw for 299 yards and four touchdowns. Wazoo scored on its first four possessions and didn't overlook their, their week three matchup ahead for Oregon. Now, this is going to be a big-time football game, but Ducks will win their Pac-10 season opener 38-35. Another game that we do have coming up in Week 4 
We have Arkansas at Texas A&M, 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Now, Arkansas's offense is led by quarterback K.J. Jefferson, who has 770 passing yards, six touchdowns, one and one interception. And running back Raham Rocket Sanders, 440 rushing yards. Now, Raham Sanders ranked third nationally in rushing yards per game, 146.7, and is the and is the first Razorback runner to open the season with three straight 100-yard rushing performances since Alex Collins and Jonathan Williams both did it in 2013. Though Sanders rushed for 167 yards and Jefferson passed for a career-high 385 yards last Saturday, Arkansas had to overcome a 10-point fourth-quarter deficit to post a 38-27 victory over FCS program Missouri State. The four players from Texas A&M who were suspended for the Miami game due to team rules violation have been reinstated. Among them, receiver Evan Stewart is the best of the bunch and hopes to help stop the Razorback from becoming 4-0. My prediction, the running attack of Arkansas will be too much for the Aggies and the Razorbacks get get the W, 38-27. Another game we do have coming up on week four, this is the Saturday contest, September 24th, Kansas State visits Oklahoma. 8 p.m. Eastern on Fox. Now, soon after his team wins over Nebraska, Oklahoma coach Brent Benables had plenty of activity on his phone. Great job getting number three. The text message, legendary. The text message from legendary former Kansas City, I'm sorry, Kansas State coach Bill Snyder said, "Now, go get number four. Venable and the number six ranked Sooners open Big 12 play Saturday against visiting Kansas State at Norman, Oklahoma, trying to finish off win number four. Now, Venables was a walk was a walk on linebacker for Kansas State in the early 1990s and carved out a role with the Wildcats, then began his coaching career before joining Bob Stoops at Oklahoma staff after the 1998 season. The Sooners have turned the ball over just once and have yet to throw an interception. Hmm. I believe that Dylan Gabriel and the Sooners will be too much for the Wildcats, even with the healthy Deuce Vaughn, and Venables gets that number four victory in a win over Kansas State, 42-14. Another matchup we do have coming up on Saturday, the 24th. Stanford faces off against Washington. This is a 10.30 Eastern time slot on Fox Sports 1. Now, feelings of excitement not felt for some time in Seattle is building for Washington Huskies football program which debuted in 2022 in CW in 20, which debuted in the 2022 top 25 rankings at number 18 this week following a 39-28 win over 28 win over last week's number ranked 
over last week's number 11 Michigan State. This Saturday, the Huskies look to keep winning with a start at the Pac-12 season hosting Stanford at Husky Stadium. Two years ago, Washington couldn't play for the Pac-12 championship because its roster was ravaged by COVID cases. Last season, the team finished 4-8 overall and head coach Jimmy Lake was fired in November over an incident involving a player on the team. But this season looks different. Washington has 136 points scored in the first three games, even though the first two were home against Kent State and FCS Portland State. Washington is led by a quarterback, Michael Penix Jr., a transfer from Indiana. Penix has passed for 10 touchdowns and won Pac-12 Offensive Player of the Week after passing for 397 yards, the eighth straight single-game total in school's history against Michigan State. Stanford is coming off a bye last weekend. The Cardinals has already played the conference game a 41-28 loss at home to number 7 USC. Saturday is the second Saturday is the second of three consecutive games against potential top 25 teams with Washington this week and Washington and, and current number 15 Oregon on October the 1st. According to Stanford's Athletics, the Cardinals have 29 wins against nationally ranked opponents under head coach David Shaw. Five of those came against Washington, as Stanford is 5-1 when facing the Huskies, when facing the Husky team ranked in the top 25. Shaw is 7-4 against Washington in his career. He called Washington a good football team that is playing fast with a lot of confidence. The Cardinals are led in the Cardinals are led in rushing by running back EJ Smith, who has 206 yards and three touchdowns in two games, but he's not expected to play Saturday to a health-related to a health-related matter. Quarterback Taron McKee has three touchdown passes and three interceptions in two games thus far this season. He completed 42 of 62 42 of 62 passes for 528 yards. Now head to head, the Huskies and the Cardinals are 44 and 44 and 4 against each other. Stanford plays giant killer and diminishes any chances of the Huskies being 4-0. Stanford wins in a tight one, 28-25. Now another matchup we do have coming in in week four. We do have Utah against Utah's, I'm sorry, Utah against Arizona State. This is a 10.30 p.m. Eastern showdown on ESPN. Now, the new look, the new look Arizona State has a tough task. This will be the first game after Arizona State's following the firing of Herm Edwards as head coach taking place Saturday when the Sun Devils host number 13 Utah in a Pac-12 opener for both schools. Arizona State's running back now Arizona State's running back coach Sean Agrano is named the interim head coach on Saturday's contest 
after Edwards was terminated. In the first, it was the first win by a Mid-American Conference team over a Pac-12 team in a regular season game of last week. Agrano, a former high school coach in the Phoenix area, added to the Sun Devils added that Sun Devils had played had player uh, excuse me now Ronald a former head coach in the Phoenix area added that the Sun Devils had a player led meeting that went very well and they're all in for the rest of the season Edwards went 26 and 20 as the Arizona State after he was hired in 2018 who was the team was a sleeping giant looking to just dominate in the Pac-12 they just couldn't wake up Now he he's eventually uh, now let's see now Whittingham does not expect not Whittingham Kyle Whittingham that is for Utah does not expect significant strategy changes from Arizona State even with the firing of Herm Edwards Utah enters conference play leading Pac-12 in passing yards allowed per game team passing efficiency and total defense. The Utes also are the conference top rushing team at 216 yards a game, led by Trevion Thompson, 232 yards on 50 carries with four touchdowns. LSU transfer Chris Curry had the season-ending foot injury and a 35-7 win over visiting San Diego State on Saturday. Curry had 81 yards and 12 carries with a touchdown this season. Now, Arizona State defense allowed Eastern Michigan's Samson Evans to gain a career-high 258 yards on 36 carries with a touchdown. Utah has shown balance on offense with quarterback Cameron Rising tied at number 16 in the FBS and scored in Pac-12 and, and, and second in Pac-12 in the touchdown passing with eight. He is ranked fourth in the conference in passing efficiency and total offense and fifth in completion percentages. Arizona State quarterback Emory Jones, a transfer from Florida, has yet to throw an interception this season in 74 attempts. He has completed 60.8% of his passes for 557 yards and two touchdowns. Let's see, Wyoming transfer Zazarin Valade has rushed for 361 yards on 52 carries with four touchdowns, and he has rushed for at least 100 yards in the first three games for the Sun Devils. Boom, boom. Predictions for this matchup. Now, the Utes will definitely outmatch the Sun Devils for a decisive victory in their Pac-12 opener, winning 42-17. That is the final game that we'll preview for Week 4. I'm always grateful that you tuned in to hear my opinion, to just hear some stats I can provide, and uh, just to talk about college football. I hope your week concludes beautifully. Your weekend begins with a success. You guys all enjoy week force matchups. And uh, whatever you do, you do at your best. Please do, do 
subscribe to the College Football Chalk Talk so you can get up-to-date notifications on new shows airing. As well as just go ahead and leave me a review, comment. Let me know what you think of the show, what I can improve on, what's going well. All feedback is good feedback. Again, I'm your host, C-Boyd. This is College Football Chalk Talk. I appreciate you rocking with me as we introduce week four. I hope you guys stay blessed, stay beautiful, stay you. Have a nice week. Have a nice life. And until next week, talk to you soon.